Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Before we get going today, there's a couple things I'd like you to check out and see what you can do with this information to help your program. The first is our football development model and our Football for All podcast. The football development model really does the heavy lift for you as a high school coach. It puts together uh, the program from game types through drill progressions, through coach certifications, everything you need to really get everybody in your youth football community on the same page. Check that out at fdm.usafootball.com. And if you would, please introduce your youth football community to our Football for All podcast. There's great information on that that educates your stakeholders about the football development model and how you can get that going in your community as well as some great stories from current and former NFL players, uh, current and former coaches and commissioners and just people who will have some interesting takes on everything happening in football. Check that out on the Football for All podcast. Also, this is a time where we're phasing back in to football and you're probably looking for some drills that can get your players acclimated to the skills that they're going to have to use onto the field, but you have to do it in a way that maybe has been different in the past. You have to do some non-contact things, and if you're looking for blocking, defeating blocks, and tackling drills, go to footballdevelopment.com, check out our contact system, our advanced tackling system, and our free shoulder tackle system. Uh, If you sign up with your email, you can choose three free videos from any of those, as well as get the shoulder tackle course for free. Again, check that out at footballdevelopment.com. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. On today's podcast, we discuss making the transition to a new program as a coordinator, specifically a defensive coordinator. And joining us again on the podcast is the defensive coordinator, University of South Dakota, Travis Johansson. Travis, great to have you back here. Awesome to be back, Keith. Uh, love everything you're doing. I listen every week. Um, it's always great stuff, so appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's always great to get a, a guest back here again and go deeper on things, and, um, you know, we, we were kicking around some ideas, and I thought this would be a really good one. There's a lot of guys who have to make that transition, and it's not always the easiest thing. You have to get a lot of people on the same page. Uh, there's a lot of work to do. Uh, to build relationships, to make sure everybody understands everything. And ultimately, at the heart of it, coordinate means to bring 
to bring together, right? It doesn't mean that you're some kind of a guru, though. You know, we, we know you've done a lot of great stuff. I uh, read about that uh, Sports Illustrated article you were in and positionless defense that you've become known for. But at the end of the day, uh, none of that knowledge that's up here really matters if you can't communicate it and get everybody working together. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and 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 each uh, you know each venture is different for everybody. You know, there's different people and personalities and, and players and, and and ideas that, that that different programs have when you step into a step into you know a new staff. And and so there's there's certainly a lot of challenges that are seen or unforeseen that happen. You, you got to have the ability to to uh, you know to keep everything together and moving forward. And you know that's. That's been a, a great transition so far here at South Dakota. And, and, you know, although, you know, some of the things that, you know, we, we would have liked to gone back and, and, and done different, I think you always do uh, sure. as you learn from it. But, no, there, there's certainly quite a few things to, to, uh, to, to wrangle up together. And, and, and I think you hit it right on the head. It's, 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 about, it's about that. Right. And when we uh, first had you on the podcast, you were just making that transition, just beginning it. You had – left your uh, position at Grandview, which is a top 15 NAIA program uh, where you did an excellent job there. And then coming to South Dakota um, in a bear of a conference, you guys, uh, you play some really good football there. Uh, so real quick, you know, you have to get everybody on the same page. So talk to us about the, the landscape that was in place. Everybody fit, faces different situation, walks into different things. Sometimes it's bringing a lot of guys along. Sometimes it's coaching up those guys who have been retained. So what did the landscape look like for you? Yeah, so when I, when I first got there, um, you know, just peeling it back, I, I think, you know, the, the first reason I wanted to be there it was, was Coach Nielsen, our head coach, who's, um, you know, really well known for being able to, to turn programs from, you know, kind of that mid to low level, you know, success level to, to you know, competing for national winning national championships. And, and he's done that his entire career and 30 years as a head coach. Um, you know, I wanted to step into that role and see firsthand how he's been doing it. And, and, and regardless of what that landscape looked like, I was ready to, to, you know, with a ton of experience doing it or not, I was going to take that challenge on. And so, and really follow his lead in, in the way he saw it going. And, you know, we had at that point in time, he felt like he had some talent on the staff still that he wanted to move forward with. Um, and so we had uh, a linebackers coach who also coordinated our special teams. We had a defensive backs coach that he had had since his time at Western Illinois. And, and then um, our defensive line coach who he had uh, spent a lot of time with earlier in his career. So, you know, we had a, a partial staff there in place, three of the really six kind of positions. Um, you know, if you count a, the graduate assistant, which is, is a big deal on staffs these days, they're, they're, they're on-field coaches now. So, um, you know, we, we, we move forward with those guys. And then a, and then a roster that was probably built different uh, than, than I was accustomed to, um, you know, just from a, uh, a skill set standpoint, you know, and the dollars they invested at different positions are, were a little bit different. Um, and so, you know, we had, we had that going on and then, you know, some, some kids that have in their careers have had, you know, our, our seniors, I was their fourth coordinator in four years. And so there were a lot of different elements there as, as you stepped in and tried to figure out, you know, how to go about, you know, getting the staff on the same page, 
the players, you know, moving in the right direction and then, you know, schematically figuring out how this roster is going to fit into what, what we, you know, what we can do uh, well. And so, you know, that's kind of what we walked into and, and um, you know, you, you go from there. So coach Nielsen being a big part of why you came on board and I'm sure in, you know, going through that interview process and then finally offering you the position, he had a something big and a reason why he wanted to bring you in. What was the number one thing he really wanted to see from you as you took over this leading this defense? You know, I think, I think one of the coach, you know, and you look on, look on our staff all over. I think, I think we got a lot of good people. Um, I, you know, I think he realizes over the years, it's, it's still a game of people and the type of people, regardless of, you know, what you've done or what level it may be, or, you know, what, you know, what your experience is, is, is finding good people. I think, um, you know, we were on the, you know, we, we walk in the same line, I think in that regard. Um, and then, and then I think he wanted, you know, just a, a little bit more, um, versatility in, in, in our defense. You wanted to see um, maybe things that were a little harder to prepare, but still felt like we're simple enough that we're still sound and, and playing the game the right way. So I think the combination of those two things and, you know, and I think the willingness to be flexible with, um, you know, with knowing that, you know, it, it will take a, a little bit of time to, to move the roster around and develop guys and get this whole thing moving in the right direction. Our AD put it great. He, he said, you know, turning programs a lot like turning an aircraft carrier. You know, it takes a little while to turn it, but once it's there, it's, it's, it's going to push in the right direction. And, and so, you know, I think those things in combination, we, we felt like we're on the same page with. We, we're, we're like-minded that way. And, you know, we could go recruit developmental, versatile players uh, at South Dakota with the investment that this place has put in it and be really successful. So I think we see things along, along the same lines a lot. Definitely. So part of that first task then is you've got uh, other positions to fill, right? You're going to have to fill out that staff in order to get them moving uh, together in the same direction. So how did you go about handling that portion of it? Yes, we, we talked, um, you know, really we're going to hire, um, you know, an outside linebackers coach. Um, uh, and, and really the, the main goal of that was, you know, somebody who's going to be a we felt like would be a great developmental teacher. One, um, two was, was like-minded had a really developmental mindset that, that we didn't want to just go acquire talent. We want to bring in uh, the right people that uh, the kids that were going to, have the, you know, the, the whole mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into the program and I'm going to develop and I'm going to continue to do that as long and hard as it takes. Um, tough, competitive kids that, that, that they didn't want to just go out and sign guys that might have so many stars or so many offers that we wanted to really learn about the, the people we were bringing in. And then, you know, I, th I thought somebody that could bring a lot of credibility to our staff from a from a uh, overall experience standpoint. So, you know, we found a, a, a great guy. Um, Abdul Hodge is his name. You might remember him. Played played for the Green Bay Packers and Cincinnati Bengals for a while. Um, played at the University of Iowa. Was a third-round draft pick and, and had been, um, you know, helping with the Tennessee Titans um, and with Iowa for a while. And, you know, it was just a great fit. He actually brought some experience with starting his own IT company. You know, I thought that was – it was interesting that – you know, after a long NFL career, uh, jumped into, you know, that world and brought some experience, you know, really outside of just coaching ball that 
I felt was was not just necessary, but 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 really intriguing. And so he's been an awesome addition, and and, and we identified a really unique guy that is uh, you know committed to to you know really the the development of players and recruiting the right people and identifying what that looks like. And so um, his experience brought that all together and, and it was a great piece we needed in our puzzle. So you get your staff together. Um, what are some of the first things you're doing then in, in this transition to prepare them to understand the defense, to teach the defense, and then as, as well as, you know, moving things forward as a defensive unit? I think that's one of the more challenging things is is really once you you put your feet on the ground is is how you you know you you don't know any guys on a on a real relationship standpoint how they teach uh, where where their minds have been over the years and and so you know really you start from the ground up no different than a player um, you, you know you take as much time in those meeting rooms to go through it in the same way get the language built out the same way um, get us all speaking the same language. Uh, and then really, you know, pulling back the installs and, and and peeling everything back so it's not as as daunting for them. And so, you know, our first spring was, um, you know, really limited. We wanted to see, you know, we're still identifying what, what our guys are, are really good at, uh, what, how our coaches teach, what they're identifying on tape, um, all those sort of things, you know. And, and, and I think sometimes the tendency is just to go – you know, blast schematics um, from from the get go, and, and try and get as much in as you can, and 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 really, uh, I wanted to peel it back and slow it down, and make sure what we were doing was right and verbalized the right way. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time individually, not so much as a staff. A lot, a lot of defensive whole unit groups. You know, we're sitting one on one with with the outside and inside backers coach and, and our D line coach one on one, our secondary coach one on one, and and just going through it really position specific without the rest of it involved and, and wanted to make us great technical teachers and understanding what, how it fit in, in, in all the schematics, um, you know, before they, before really the why hits, you know, with, with all the other positions. So, you know, you just laying that foundation, I'm no different than, than, than our players. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to say, you know, you need to understand the skill sets of, of your coaches as well. And I know, uh, having been in in a similar position and and bringing you know new people on board, I really wanted to understand uh, what is this coach most comfortable with teaching. There's certainly going to be things we want him to teach, but what can he hang his hat on? What is he best at that he feels most confident with? Because you know, just as with you find those things that your players can hang their hat on, you want your coaches to have things that are in their wheelhouse too, because it's just going to help make the unit more successful. How do you go about figuring out, you know, how all those puzzle pieces fit together? Yeah, it's, you know, it's challenging. I mean, I think a, a, a lot of it is, is just being aware of how we're coaching and, and giving those guys the platform after practice, watching, you know, you know cutups of, of, of prior teams we played and just, just talking you know, and, and seeing where those eyes are taking them. And a lot of it isn't so much aptitude. It's more just experience and comfortability with right. what they've done in the past. And so I think a lot of it is, you know, translating your experience into uh, what we want that to look like moving forward. And, and, and so I think if you, you, you lay kind of a clear framework as to what you're doing, how they start to fit into that, 
um, just naturally changes. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, I don't think there's, you know, I don't think, I think all coaches that are at our level for the most part are, are, are really talented guys with, you don't think you get to this spot without having the aptitude to do it. It's more so about, you know, how, what's that experience allowed you to do? And, and so, you know, my goal was to lay a great foundation. Let's talk about the technical aspects of teaching. And then once you got that framework, now you can start to not just be an executor, but a contributor. And, and, and I think those guys have done a great job at, at our place, but, but initially it's a lot more listening than, than talking at the guys and trying to get them to open up and, and communicate comfortably. So you can have an idea of, of what that feel is for them. Yeah, absolutely. I know when I've been able to go and become uh, part of a new coaching staff, it is that listening portion. And, and what's always fun about this, this is not, okay, I'm the coordinator now and you guys are going to do it exactly this way all the time, that there's a little bit of that give and take, that it's the opportunity for you to learn as well. Because these guys, as you said, they've got some skill, they've got some aptitude. Um, as you look back on that, what were some of the things maybe that you were able to pick up that helped you um, better do your job? Yeah, I think you, I think you try and pick up something from everybody you come across. And when, when I first got there, you know, I think more so than anything, you know, those guys had relationships with their players. You know, I think it made that transition, whereas if, you know, to brought in the whole staff with me, um, you know, you think it might be an easier transition, but in the same breath, you don't – nobody knows anything about any of them. And so, you know, I think the relationships those guys had built, um, the experience of going through the league schedule uh, a couple times, um, you know, those two things in combination allow you to, to maybe get a, a step up in your preparation, you know, not only for the league, but as you develop relationships with guys, kind of what makes those players tick, uh, what, what didn't go great for them in the past and how you can get out in front of some of those, you know, challenges that you're going to face from a, from, from developing your roster and, and developing those people um, that are going to actually go play the game. And so, you know, and on along with that, there's obviously conversations with, with language and, and, and verbiage and, and how, technically how to teach, you know, I think those conversations have always been good. Um, you know, so you, you learn a little bit that way too. Um, you know, obviously you want, you want things done the way you, you, you've been successful doing them, but you know, in the same breath, you know, humble enough to step back and go, you know, Hey, there's, there's other ideas out there and, and, and I want to be open to all of them all the time. And so, uh, you know, giving those guys a platform to do that, I think it's really important too. Absolutely. So uh, you get those guys on the same page, then it's the process of looking at that roster. Um, so prior to hitting the field in spring ball, how much work did you guys do in, uh, looking at, okay, here's the defense now. Here's some of the things we like to build on. Um, so before you hit spring ball, how much did you look at kind of placing guys, maybe having to move guys, um, maybe think about guys differently than they had before? Yeah, I think we, you know, we looked at every you – know, the tough thing was there wasn't a lot of returning starters. Um, you know, lost a, a big chunk of guys, had a, had a number of guys that were coming off of injury from the year before. So it didn't have a lot of – you know, game film to watch on these, on these guys. We lost a lot. You know, I personally took a lot of that to myself and really wanted to see what we had from an athlete standpoint. And, and then, um, you know, from there it was, you know, just 
my best judgment, to be honest, of where we felt these guys would fit. Um, you know, we're transitioning from a true four, three with, you know, four hands down and, and a bigger set of linebackers and, and, and transitioning to, you know, really in some instances, a, a three, three, five in the way we shape it. And so, you know, it's a, obviously some different skill sets involved when, when you're working like that, but you know, it's, it, it takes you just going with your gut a lot of times. And part of that is meeting the players one-on-one, understanding what they've gone through and then, and then making your decisions from there, but spent a lot of time building out the depth chart the way we thought. And, and obviously having a staff that had been there um, was assists in that. I think to, to find out how to use those guys and not just, not just step back and be like, well, you were part of a, you know, situation that we felt like might not have been successful and making that impression. That's not always the case. And so, you know, there's a lot of assets um, there when you get there that, you know, take the schematics aside, whether you agree or don't agree with what happened, um, there's still a lot to, to, to benefit from that experience that those guys had. And so, you know, leaning on them to, to, you know, understand the skill sets of these guys, they've seen it live and then making the decisions from there. And so, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of practice tape we watched yeah. on a lot of them dudes. So you mentioned one of the things coach Nielsen really wanted were, you know, to bring in some things that are hard to prepare for, but simple and sound. So with, I guess that overarching objective in mind, what went into that first spring install? What did you feel is, you know, a sweet spot for how much you could put in at that time, given that you do have, you know, new staff working with you. And as you said before, a lot of players who were not returning starters. Yeah. So we probably, you know, the way I went into it, we had a list and it was almost over installed, you know, Hey, how much of this can we actually get to and prioritized at top to bottom? And so, you know, we knew our base stuff uh, we wanted to get to day one and that we had been installing and teaching obviously through the winter with the hours that we do get um, and got them prepared that way. Um, so, so we could hit the ground running a touch and, and then we really just evaled it per day. You know, how did we feel like we handled all the things that we needed to, you know, after about our first three installs, you know, what else can we get to? What do we feel comfortable we can run well and, and what, tweak and look can we get to and, and we probably didn't get to as much as we had hoped in the spring but but what we ran we ran well um and then how that was going to fit you know the things that we thought were going to be necessary early on in the year to be successful um you know we wanted to make sure that was in there too and so you know I think it's mostly about what we can handle more than um what we want to do right uh, so you get going things get started um that's always a very dynamic process and a lot of it, you know, you have that first install, you come back in, you meet as a staff, watch some of that film. Uh, what do you start to learn and what adjustments are you looking to see that maybe you have to make as you tweak this install or maybe evaluate where you've placed players, et cetera? I'll tell you the biggest thing and looking back, and we talked about it a ton in our off season, although it's all, it's all jacked up right now. Um, you know, our, we look back at that whole process and I look back on it. And I think that the number one thing before, you know, and especially in our scenario came in with, with a group of players. And to be honest, I didn't do a great job of identifying this, but you know, our players had gone through a number of different coordinators. And so their springs over the last three or four years in some cases have been, you know, finish a season, new coordinator, jump into spring football and we're right back to installing some scheme. And the next phase is the same way. And so what didn't happen in spring ball was a lot of 
uh, developing the fundamentals of the game at, at a high level, you know, the tackling and the block destruction, all those sort of things that, you know, to be honest, when you get in spring and, and our spring, you know, was about that again and didn't become a, you know, we didn't have a lot of live work and just didn't do a great job of evaluating where we're at from a fundamental standpoint and how that was going to affect our season. And so, you know, I think as we look back on it and, and we look at that tape and start to really break it down, how great a job did we do at turning it on and saying, hey, here's where we're at fundamentally. We need to become a better tackle. We need to hold this group more accountable in the way we're finishing and things like that because uh, it did show its face a lot in our season. And, you know, we, we look at places where we could have, you know, tipped the scales, um, you know, fundamentally if we were improved. You know, we're legitimately uh, statistically looking at two games we could have turned the tides on um, just with a couple of, you know, fundamental uh, errors. And so, you know, I think that that's a one, you know, really being able to identify where your team's at from that level and what their experience has been to this point, how much of that has been part of their careers. You know, and th then from there, the schematics, you know, they are what they are um, and how we tweak and adjust things, you know, all are based on how they're grasping the concepts. Yeah, I think I want to take a step back here, too, because um, I think it's important. Now these guys have a different coordinator all these off seasons. Yes, right, there's all the scheme. Um, but you also kind of got to set the stage for what is this unit about? Who are we? Uh, what are the things we believe in? What are the behaviors we expect from you? In other words, what's the, the, the culture of this defense, right? That lives within the overall culture of the program. How, how did you go about establishing those things and what were some important steps along the way with that? You know, I think, I think the one thing that we always want to make sure, and I'm not a big Fifi hashtag guy that with a bunch of slogans and sayings, never been kind of, kind of my deal, but um, you, you know, from day one um, you know, we talk about, you know, guys being their true, genuine, authentic selves. You know, we want these guys to present themselves, uh, who they are to their teammates, um, and to touch their teammates positively. We talk about a lot about, you know, um, being mindful of your relationships and creating what I call positive ratio. Um, you know, we talk so much about, you know, as, as coaches about, hey, you need to lead, you need to lead, you need to lead, but how do you go ahead and do that? And what does that look like? And I think a lot of times we present it to players as coaches is, you know, hey, you're ready to bite that guy in the tail when he does something wrong. And, and don't be afraid to bite that in the tail and hold that guy accountable. But what we lose focus on is if, you know, uh, I don't care who is a player. I think if I was in any of those guys' shoes and if I didn't have a great relationship with that person, it doesn't have to be great, but an overall positive relationship with that person, he bites me in the tail. I, I'm not going to respond to that. And yeah. so to find different ways to positively impact your teammates. So when the time is right and you do need to hold each other accountable, you know, it's coming from a place of respect um, and, and appreciating what your teammates are doing. And so, you know, I think the, the big thing for me was, you know, when I got there is, is just setting the standard and the expectation of, you know, here's what accountability means. Here's what leadership looks like. And, and, and here's what humility looks like. And, and, and talking to those guys and a lot of one-on-ones, you know, and a lot of one-on-ones and, and empowering those guys to, to become better men and people. So they, they have those tools and abilities to move forward with. And, and, and I think a lot of that has to do in recruiting too. We want to recruit that type of human being. And, and then a lot of that takes care of itself, you know, um, you know, how we tell these guys we want our defense to be, 
um, you know, I don't think it's going to be too far from everybody else. You know, we want, we want to be a very, very physical unit that is mindful of being physical all the time, but is equipped with the tools to do that, you know? And so we want to, we talk about being developmental players, um, always searching to become better um, from a fundamental standpoint that we never think um, that, that our game is outside of our hands. You know, we want these guys to always think I can be productive and I don't have to be unblocked. Um, that's not it. I don't have to be, I need to be productive and I don't have to have somebody leveraging a back for me. I can go make that play. Fundamentally, I'm built to be productive. Um, and then, and then technically taught in a way that, that we really understand technically why it's important um, that, that fundamentally and technically we're built that way and then understand what we're doing schematically. We have the aptitude to, to run the show. And so mm -hmm. those three things we're always going to pride ourselves on, you know, along with the you know, makeup of who we are individually. And so, you know, a lot of that wasn't, you know, you don't get time to, to, to build that when you're constantly turning guys over. And so, you know, it's been my goal to, you know, push that message. And, and a lot of that's coach Nielsen's message too. You know, he wants our right. team to be, to be, to be that way. And, and, and we'll continue to be. So from, I guess, a teaching method standpoint, the installation as you're now putting the defense in for the first time with these guys, what do you feel are some of the best things you guys have in your methods, some of the best practices in the way that you're going to install this information with these guys, walk them through it, get them to run it on the field and, and essentially play fast. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about all the time is, is one, you got to get your language right, you know, so you can communicate effectively with those guys and, 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 and don't cut corners with the language. You know, obviously a lot of us are, are going to preach that, but, but, but really making sure from a coaching, from the way the players are responding and talking it back, that they're using the right verbiage so they understand. And then we talk, you know, we're teaching in terms of technique first and, and what that tech, you know, really when I'm called to run that technique out of that alignment. And, and, and at that point, I don't necessarily need to, and the way we build all of our language isn't, isn't around um, full calls all the time. You know, it's, 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 you know, that, that part of the call that, that puts me into my particular technique. So if I can build first from, from a technique first standpoint and build the toolbox of skills that they need, um, you know, then it's, then it becomes the, when do I run it per call and then becomes the, why do I run it? And so when we really back it up a one, it's about being really technically taught so I can execute it at a high level. Um, then that call comes in, when do I run it? And then why am I running it allows me to do it more efficiently and faster. And so we try and build that speed through that mindset. Um, do they have to know it all day one? No, uh, we want to build the toolbox first. Uh, and then when, you know, and then show them when you're going to use it um, in each call. And then, and then the why obviously is the higher level player. And so that takes some time to get there. Um, but to, to get us to actually start to operate on a level we need to, you know, in, in those first, installs I think you got to think about how you're communicating that verbally to those guys and how they're communicating it back to show that understanding rather than these long drawn out explanations all the time and if you can tighten that up then you can then you can speed some things up and, and looking back at it at what point or how many practices in do you typically feel like there's an understanding of how things operate there's a good foundation and understanding of you know, what this defense is, the why, 
that you start to see the performance really pick up in, in what these guys are able to do in practice. Um, things, I guess, becoming a little bit more natural. A lot of the, the bumps in the road may be ironed out. Now, hey, I think I think we saw that that bumping around all year. You know, we play with an air raid offense in the spring, so not only do we have just the lineup and figure it out, but we also got the tempo up our tails all the time, and and so you know that's a unique thing on its own. But you know, I, I think you know each call is different, each situation is different. You know, um, you know you, you feel like you got it handled in you know as we build towards a live setting, you feel like you might have it handled in the in a nine on seven look, and then you got it handled in the seven on seven look, and then in a team period, and all of a sudden you're situational and you're you're not as great at it. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you feel like you got to handle in the spring and then we kick the game ball off in, in week one and, it, and it's a different. And so, you know, I don't think until all those bolts are flying, do you really have a clue um, that it's all together. I think you feel good about it as you build them into the scenarios closer to a live rep but until you're actually doing it. You don't know how each one of those players is going to react in that first year. And so, you know, feeling like you've put them in as close to that scenario as possible is really important. And, and to, to, at least for you as a coach to feel comfortable about it, you know, and I know a lot of times we're just trying to justify it to ourselves, but when you really know, obviously that's the, the end of that first one. Yeah. Well, the, the challenge is the limited amount of reps that you have, you know, in spring practice and fall practice leading up to game one, um, that's always going to dictate everything. And, you know, we've, we've talked about how the fundamentals are important and making sure we develop those and understanding the scheme but football as a whole, um, sometimes I think as coaches, we create this dichotomy that it's, it's technique or it's scheme and one's more important than the other. But the truth of the matter is the game's always played in context. Not only that this technique is used within this scheme against this offense, but also that uh, here's the situation that's going to apply and add a different dynamic to it too. So in, in looking at that, how – how long is it till you really start getting into the situational kinds of things that start to give everything more of, of that, you know, again, that, that context that they need to really go out and execute this when it kicks off for real in week one? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that you can get there a lot, you know, to be honest. Uh, I think, you know, there's so many scenarios in, in this game, and we all know there's so many situations you would like each player to just be have a heightened awareness of, you know, every snap that – you know, I think there's some give and take, you know, or what are the things that you feel like you're going to be in in those first few weeks and what are the things you can learn from um, in those, you know, in that first part of that season and, and do your best to get them in those situations. Um, you know, I, you know, are, how often are we going to be backed up? You know, I, you know, today's day and age, the ball is getting kicked out of the end zone most of the time or fair caught. It's out on the 25. How much coming out from the one yard line are you going to work on? How much, getting those guys to understand you're probably going to get hard counted down here and those sort of scenarios, you know, we don't spend as much time on nowadays because, you know, with the exception of pinning down a punt, um, it's not happening as much. And so, you know, uh, you got to kind of prioritize. And so, again, I think there's, you know, in a, in a first year leading into a first game, if you try and check all the boxes, uh, that's a lot to, for, a guy, for a group of guys to handle with, with mm -hmm. limited experience. And so, you know, prioritizing what you think you're going to see and, and strategically looking at what are the scenarios that, that these guys are going to come across, you know, starting there, you know, and then, and then hoping you deal with the ones that, you know, weren't as practiced as much well. And I think part of you has got to be ready to handle that.
And so, and hopefully those, those scenarios don't cost you and you can learn from them in a, in a win or in a positive rep and, and go from there. So you get through spring and you have all these individual pieces along the way you can look at. And then obviously the body of work, here's where we started. Here's where we finished coming out of spring. What kinds of things are you looking for that then help you put together uh, the depth chart for the fall, as well as the install for the fall. Here's not only um, what we've done, here's what we need to do based on some of these opponents that we're going to face. You guys being an air raid, distinctly different than what you're going to see, for example, from North Dakota State. So making sure that, uh, again, the game is played in context with all the different things you're going to face. Yeah, certainly, you know, we, you know, we didn't get to a lot of that stuff in the spring. And so, you know, it came to you know, how much, like I said, that, that list of, you know, things we wanted to hopefully get through. Um, we wanted to use our summer to wrap our heads a lot like we did in the winter leading into the spring. We want the summer leading into the fall to be productive and aim towards, you know, some of those things, the things that we didn't get to in spring and what we thought the, um, the season might look like outside of what we were defending in the spring. And so, um, you know, how we wanted to go about it and how we'll always try and go about it is, is preparing for the non-conference first. And, and, and a lot of our non-conference, you know, we saw, um, you know, we saw Oklahoma, which gave us, you know, really a, the air raid plus, um, you know, a lot of the 12 personnel looks and, and started to prepare for some of those formationally and personnel wise, you know, part of our summer was, was geared towards that. Uh, we played Northern Colorado, which was, you know, an 11 personnel strictly spread team. Um, you know, some of those units, we got to actually turn the tape on and start to, you know, hey, here's the way we defended them in the spring. Here's all the looks you've seen. And now here to this, the auxiliary stuff that, you know, we've got to start to prepare for and we'll do, um, you know, in fall camp leading into, into game weeks. And so, you know, really starting to prepare those guys. It's easier to do once the language is built from that experience in the spring. They start to see it, you know, how – uh, how we'll go defending those formations. But, you know, frankly, we, we, you know, you get into how different our league gets and, and what we play with on offense to defend. It is very different. You know, North Dakota state is, is completely different than, than what we do philosophically, schematically, technically. Um, and so, you know, we didn't do a great job of, of, of building to, to handle that game in, in year one, you know, we will in the future. There's no doubt about it, but um, it was a heck of a learning lesson in some of those some of those situations. So in looking then at your one as a whole, you're coming out of that again, evaluating personnel, evaluating how these guys fit into the defensive scheme, what you have moving forward, as well as now having that experience of who are the people in your league, uh, what are they going to throw at you? How does that affect spring number two in the way you're going to put things together and, and I don't know were you guys able to get any spring ball in at all or is spring Zero. ball gonna yeah Zero. so so now it's uh it's a little bit of virtual but I guess from the standpoint of the prep for that and what you were looking at um you know movement into year two yeah yeah no I think you know we like I said at the beginning we went we, we peeled everything back I mean we did a heck of a self-scout I mean we really grinded through you know, what were the things that affected the outcome of games from a defensive standpoint? Uh, you know, we want to start there. What, what was it? Was it, was it schematics? Was it technical? Was it fundamental? Um, each explosive rep, you know, things that we felt like were negatives in each game, 
you know, really breaking down what was it, not just having this overall feel for what your season was, but, but really getting the data around it. What was it? Let's make a decision on every one of these reps, you know, compile that together and say, you know, Hey, we need to get better schematically. We need to, you know, uh, we need to get better technically, you know, fundamentally. And so we broke it down. We, we, we looked and we saw the flaw in kind of our, our team's experience from a fundamental standpoint. We were, we were a poor tackling team at times in, in against the good teams with good, backs that ran the ball the right way and 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 we were limited that way it cost us a, it cost us a lot of um you know explosive plays from time to time in, in those scenarios and then you know we wanted to improve from block destruction standpoint you know getting off blocks on the perimeter against the high level teams you know playing Oklahoma they block their tails off on the perimeter and we wanted to you know we didn't do a great job with a young you know, a young group of, of in space doing that. And so, you know, fundamentally we look back and said, this is where we're starting and end. We've got to build our foundation on this. Um, you know, regardless of what we put on the field schematically, our guys need to all have the ability to be productive and not just from a skill set standpoint, but, but understanding it conceptually, you know, how our concept of tackling, you know, as a team tackling group, who is what in, in the tackle, you know, allows us to have more confidence doing it. You know, we want to build the confidence around it more than the actual skill set of finishing the tackle. I think everybody can do that. Um, but, but the, but the actual concept of, of who you are in it and, and building a ton of confidence was, was our goal. Um, you know, and then being, and then, you know, building on our, our culture of, of, of takeaways, you know, being very intentional and, and holding it to the standard of, of when and how you go about that. We wanted, we were going to start there, you know, a one, you know, we identified a lot of technical things that we need to do improve um, like always. And then schematically there's, there's a lot of ways we needed to improve against, you know, some of those, uh, you know, opponents that um, were really successful against us. And so, you know, but, but a one started with, and our plan was to go back and give these guys the experience that they had never had in a spring and, and building from there. So I think one of the probably toughest things to evaluate sometimes is yourself and where you want to improve, where you want to get better. It, it takes that uh, time to reflect. It takes a little bit of being honest with yourself, but from that sp standpoint, looking at, you know, where, Coach Johansson is going to get better for this team in the offseason. What kind of process do you have in place for yourself to kind of look at those things and then come up with a plan of attack? Yeah, I think, you know, what I, what I do is I go back through, um, I take a lot of notes after each ball game and, and, and I, and I have a, a booklet in each one and I guess it's on, you know, uh, on my computer now, but you know, you go back and say, what would you have done different? And what did you like about it? What, did, how well did we prepare? How well did we have our team prepared? What were the shortcomings of, of how we prepared? Um, you know, we feel like our guys understood it, you know, a, a lot of those things. And, and you go back week through week and, and, and really look yourself in the mirror, you know, and then say, well, what, what did you need to do personally to get this, this group prepared to, to win the games against North Dakota state to win, to, to win the games we might've dropped um, that, that we shouldn't have. And, you know, for me, um, one of the things I learned was, you know, um, you know, really understanding from a team perspective, how much defense you need to carry into each week. And it never been a, you know, I've always, you know, def built defenses with very different styles of offense too. 
and and and, and looking back, uh, you know, you I think a perspective sometimes we take as as defensive guys is, hey, it's it's always a shutout, it's a zero on the board. That's what that's what every stop we're trying to make a zero yard gain, and and that's not always um, you know the most sound way to win a football game. And and you know, so for us. You know we're our air raid offense. We're gonna we're gonna temple the ball and we're gonna move it up and down the field and you know we're gonna cross the forty and take a fourth down and and you know naturally that's gonna create uh, more possessions you know to de- to defend and and I look back and say you know I needed to carry more calls in in some of these scenarios just because right. you know hey by by that fifteenth sixteenth possession there's some good coaches across the ball too and and so. You know, that was one of the things for me. I look back and say, hey, you know, we need to, you know, carry more because that's part of part of our ID at South Dakota. You know, we're going to be an air raid team that, that attacks teams offensively. And so as a defense, you know, I think you look around the country and you see all the air raid groups and the defenses are always, uh, they just, they're always shootouts. And that's right. not what it's going to be here. And, and so, um, you know, for us, it was about how do you fit in with, you know, this style of offense. And, and, and I didn't, you know, looking back, I, you know, didn't do a great job at times of making sure we had enough on our plate in those weeks to, to sustain more opportunities to, you know, see, see your pitch count. And, and, you know, I think that that part was, was deal. And then, and then just having experience going through a league for the first time, you know, as much as you see it on tape, how these really good coaches in Missouri Valley going to attack your stuff. And a lot of times that's different than what you've seen on tape and how do you adjust. And at times you, we did fantastic and times we didn't. And so, you know, we, uh, you know, looking at yourself, nobody, I don't grind anybody out more than myself. You know, I've learned it through years is if I'm not in control of it, then, then, then who, who else do I want in control of it? And so, you know, a lot of shortcomings there that, that in a year one you get beat up with Um, a lot of stuff we're proud of too, but um, you know, moving forward, I think more than anything is, is having that no different. We ask our players having a developmental mindset, like how, how much better can you get at teaching one and teaching what you're teaching the fundamentals of it too. So coach, you shared just a lot of great stuff today. I appreciate the detail and, and uh, some of the honesty and asking you, you know, especially that last question, but as you look at this whole idea of transitioning as a defensive coordinator, transitioning into a new program as a whole, what would you say is really the one thing that is going to help give you the winning edge uh, to be able to be successful in, in helping a program move forward? You know, I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta believe in your core beliefs. You know, it's, it's what do you think is important in this game and addressing it? You know, um, if, if you think, you know, if you honestly look in the mirror and say, Hey, I, I think I can out scheme everybody and teach that scheme like crazy and, and, and go to work. You know, if you're a, you know, I believe in having my players fundamentally sound and, and, and make sure that's where you start. And, and with, with, with your entire culture um, that, that here's what we're going to build on. Here's where it's going to start. Here's the platform. I feel like it's important for us at the end of this. Um, that's what we'll be known for, uh, you know, be clear about that from the get go and, and know that, your players and your coaches and everybody around you is going to follow suit um, if, if you get them to understand why that's important. And, 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 a, and a lot of times, you know, I say scheme right away, but it's got nothing to do with scheme. You know, when you first step in there, are you building great relationships? Are you, are you challenging guys to, to be more receptive? And, you know, cause obviously you're in there for a reason, 
you know, and guys are going to be, you know, haven't had good experience to that point, less, you know, you're in a different scenario. And so understanding that there's going to be skepticism and they want to see it proven in front of them before it actually, uh, before it actually goes, which is an impossibility. Um, you know, you've got to get those guys believing in, in what you believe in. And if you're trying to start somewhere that isn't your know, foundations of, of what you believe in this game, um, it's hard for them to believe in it. And so, you know, I think starting there is, is, is an absolute must. And then really just believing in yourself. You know what I mean? I mean, you've, you've gotten those opportunities for a reason. Um, you, you've got to go in and, and believe in what you believe in and, and put it all out there and then know that you got the aptitude to adjust moving forward. And so, um, you know, they're, they're, it's a challenging role. There's no question about it, um, you know, but you, you guys are in it for a reason. And so, you know, you're equipped to do it. And, and plus it's a fun ride too. I mean, yeah. these are challenges. You can have those jobs where you sit back and kick your feet up. Um, and that's easy you know, going and, and, and turning a program and being proud of something, I think is a, is a really, really fun venture. Absolutely. Well, coach, for our listeners, what are the areas that you recruit? I recruit, uh, I recruit uh, Polk County, Iowa, uh, which is just in Des Moines there and in a Southwest chunk, Iowa. I recruit the Omaha and, and Lincoln area and, and I'm responsible for, for most of our recruits in Nebraska once they come through the other areas. So, I got a small chunk there and then all of our defensive recruiting, um, you know, I get, I, I go through all those players and travel around to see all those guys once that time comes. So um, that's my, that's my little Midwest honey hole. <laughs> Bunch of great football there. Absolutely. Well, coach, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, anytime on Twitter, coach T Johansson, you follow me, send me a message. You know, I answer all those DMS to the guys that I follow for the most part. Um, you can catch me, you know, my email is travis.johansson at usd.edu. Um, you know, although those get bombarded sometimes, um, you know, more than willing to help anybody who possibly can. Uh, if there's anything we can ever do for you at South Dakota, you know, our doors are always open if you're in the Midwest and want to swing through. Um, this is a place that is super inviting to everybody. So um, it doesn't matter what it is, um, you know, we, we want to be part of, helping everybody move their programs forward with the exception of the guys in our league. So (laughs) (laughs) always right. Well, coach, I I appreciate you taking time again. Uh, Great conversation today and best of luck to you guys in 2020, whenever we're we're able to get going again. Yeah. Appreciate you, Keith. Hopefully everything goes smooth here. Once we're through this, hopefully everybody's staying safe and healthy and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.